Shopware Unplugged is proudly sponsored by Ergonode, modern open-source PIM for the digital transformation era. Ergonode empowers teams which enrich, manage and distribute the product catalogs. Find out more at ergonode.com. This episode is sponsored by Shopworks e-commerce, a global top 10 shopware enterprise partner. Go to shopworks.nl and challenge us to push your boundaries in e-commerce. Welcome to Shopware Unplugged, episode 21. Hi, everybody. Uh, today, my special guest is uh, Martin from Vexo, uh, shop, uh, shopware agency from Denmark. As we just discussed with uh, Martin, yeah, Denmark is probably not the, the main market you consider when you think about Europe expanding your e-commerce, going to, uh, to some new markets. Then people probably think about Germany, France, huge you know, e-commerce markets. But there is this small uh, Denmark at the top of the Europe. Uh, so uh, it's great, uh, Martin, to have you here today. Um, Thank you. If you could just introduce yourself, say a few words uh, about yourself, and uh, probably we can talk a little bit about Denmark e-commerce. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so Boris said, my, my name is Martin. I come from Vexo. We are a small Danish e-commerce company. We, we started out by... Uh, Developing solutions on Magento back in the days. Uh, been a, a Magento only company for the last 10 years and then took in Shopware for, yeah, we started with Shopware, went around. It was when we announced, when they announced the, the Shopware 6 as a, a developer preview, we took in Shopware, uh, Shopware 5, made a couple of solutions on that, uh, quickly abandoned that. And, and then at that time, Shopware 6 was beginning to be a platform you could use on, on smaller customers. And, and today, now over half of our business is uh, Shopware. Cool. And as far as, as far as said that that yeah, the Danish market is, is very small. But but normally when you're referring to Denmark as an e-commerce market, you you're saying the Scandinavian market, and you can take Norway and Sweden with us, and then call them Danish, yes. and then we are a big market. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you look at it, yeah, you're somewhere in the middle, yeah, between Germany and uh, and uh, and real uh, you know Scandinavia. So. Uh, how does this uh, e-commerce in Denmark looks like? Because you as a country, you're not that big. It's like uh, 4.5 million people, something like that. I think we're almost close to 5.6 now. So yeah, bigger. <laughs> but yeah, it's so still it's a very going... small market. So so yeah, we are, we are quite a small market, but but the, the e-commerce part in Denmark is, is highly penetrated. So if you look at the, at the numbers, uh, I was just looking at the... Our, our statistics and, and 90% of all people in Denmark is shopping online. And if you're cool. going further down and looking at how many shopped the last week, it's 49% of all the people in Denmark actually shopped online uh, the last week. So, so the penetration of the e-commerce market is, is, is really big. And what we also see is that we have a lot of small shops. I think that revolves mainly around that we do not have any marketplaces. Amazon never really got into Denmark and and yeah, people are shopping a bit on Amazon, but it's, they're shopping in the, the UK or the German one. The same with, with eBay and, and other platforms. They really never succeeded in Denmark and, and there's no local ones either. So yeah. we have a few. Because maybe you're that small, so no one is really focused on that. <laughs> you got a Germany with 80 yeah. millions, uh, 80 million you know, consumers, um, then you have 5 millions. It's not like something or whatever. We'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, and, yeah definitely. And, uh, 
but so, so it's interesting so you so you on the other side you must have uh, a local strong uh e-commerce you have brands uh some local brands or it's yeah. still spread out into yeah, small definitely shops we have some some local brands that is that is big on e-commerce part but it's actually spread out on, on many so of course we have the biggest ones that is international like the h&m solando and Mm-hmm. And, and in fashion industry, the big ones that are coming in from from all of Europe. But if you look at the the, the Danish market itself, it's actually spread out on, on many smaller shops. And, and if you look at the twenty biggest, they are like they're not that big compared to maybe the two hundred biggest ones. Um, okay. We we got here on the on the COVID, we got a lot of food companies went online and trying to sell food online and. And that is growing, but again, it's only Danish co- uh, companies that is trying. We don't see any competitors coming either from Sweden or from from Germany coming into the Danish market. And, and I think might be is it's a small market, but I also think it's it's a, it's a frightening market to go into because the penetration is so high already. And if you have a, a brick and mortar shop in, in Denmark, seventy uh, percent chance you also have a, a, an e-commerce shop as well. Yeah, of course, like 5 million is not much on the other side. 5 million who are doing an online shopping is a, is a, it's a huge number. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of shops would love to have a 5 million registered customers yeah. in their database who do, who do shopping. Yeah, I think that the, the total e-commerce market in Denmark was, I think they just said it was around 22 uh, billion euros. Cool. Okay, and uh, yeah, what happened? Because you mentioned your story. Eh? You started with Magento, then you switched to Shopware, um, Shopware Six. Uh, what was yeah. the the reason for that? This uh, you, Magento became too too large for Danish market with some smaller shops, or what was the reason behind the behind uh, your your choice? I think there's many reasons. So if we go back in the days, uh, all the way back to when we started, I was I was having a small e-commerce agency running OS commerce. A German platform as well. That's many mm-hmm. years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, like twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too many years ago. And, and actually, we did quite a lot of an OS commercial. Now I'm sounding really old, but we, we saw Varian coming in quite early there back then when when Magento was called Varian or the company behind it was called Varian, and 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 we fell in love with. They had a, a beautiful administration. I know when when you're saying that today and and looking at how the administration yeah, in Magento One was looking, it's like. How could you call that beautiful? But that was how it was. Twenty years ago, yeah. yeah, that was that was really beautiful. True, and and somehow I, I I fell in love with the whole community and the way that was growing really fast. And I got stuck into the Magento community and and took that with with me in, in Denmark and, and really pushed on for for Danish market to grow with Magento. So so we stick to that and and Magento One was like that that solution that could just handle everything. We could take the, the very small customers, we could focus on them. And get them on, online for very few hours. True, but it could True. also take the bigger projects and you could take the, the enterprise projects as well. So, so it was like a platform we could fit to everything. Uh, and and our company Vexo is, is quite a technical house, and we're not driven by having a big sales organization. Or we're not driven by really pushing on the market. So, so we lived uh, as a small agency, and we lived by getting new customers because the other customer we had was happy, and then. It just grew and grew over the years, and and suddenly now we're sitting fifty six people in Vexo today, um, and when Magento two came out, I think that's the same story every Magento agency is is telling. When Magento mm-hmm. two came out, it, it wasn't the best experience. Magento two point uh, wasn't ready to launch when they launched it. Uh, it was 
bit diff different beast to to handle, also technical. So yeah, we struggled with it. We we tried to launch a couple of projects. We saw that many of our, of our smaller customers we we had over many years that grew with us wasn't fit for that platform. So we started talking about what should we do? Should we take in something else? And, and we started researching the market. We went to Open Car, okay. we went to PrestaShop, and and we really didn't find anything we liked. Uh, and if you asked me before, Boris, uh, we started on this, and you you proposed uh, Shopware, I would say never, uh, because it's <laughs> Shopware was a uh, still is a very German focused platform. Um, yes, true. So when I saw them, it was like yeah, it's German, and yeah, they were. They had not been open source all the years, so it was starting in open source, and, and we tried a bit out on Shopware Five, and it wasn't a match. So I really, actually, just said that we won't go this way. But mm -hmm. then we we went to the Shopware community days uh, down in Shippingham, uh, just for the fun of it, and I just again felt that vibe I felt when we had the Magento uh, one uh, ecosystem uh, community back then. And from there on, it, it, it just took, took speed. I, I met uh, Lauter, as you also know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I met him uh, over some few years in, in, uh, in Germany, and, and he persuaded me to, to take a closer look. And, and we ended up drinking more beers and a bit more. And yeah, and now I'm, I'm almost only working at Shopware. <laughs> yeah, so that's how you do it. So everything is very emotional. Yeah, so you choose yeah. the platform by the, by the emotions uh, that are behind it. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah, talk it's about not only Shopware. That because, of course, if you look at the more business wise of Shopware, Shopware is a quite strong platform. It has a modern and new tech stack. So, the, so our developers are loving to working with Shopware. It's easy going. It's, it's when you have Symfony experience, you just get it into the platform and, and quite quickly uh, you have developers to speed on the platform. So of yeah. course, there's also some benefits on the business side. Yeah, true. Uh, but before before we go to before we go to Shopware and your love with and romance with Shopware, <laughs> it's like uh, why why you didn't decided to go to uh, clouds and SaaS like Shopify uh, and so on because that's if the market yeah. is small, uh, then probably I'm guessing that Shopify is also a quite common solution. It's easy to set up, easy to go, Definitely. more focus on front end uh, work. Uh, yeah, you don't really have to deal with all this uh, server stuff and uh, and uh, custom integrations. Uh, why you why you didn't go that way and you you focused on on shopware? Yeah, I think that was mainly a personal thing. We definitely looked into Shopify because you can't. Shopify is big and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So of course we also looked into Shopify, but since we are a technical e-commerce house. Uh, most of our people are developers. We do not have a big design uh, team. We do not have a big UX team. Uh, and looking at Shopify and, and taking customers on that platform meant that we had to change our way of, uh, of doing business. We should have fewer backend developers and much more frontend developers, and we should live by developing frontend design and, and consulting, which wasn't really where we were in Wixel. So I, I couldn't figure out a way of earning money with Shopify uh, the right way with the team we had. Uh, so that meant that we had to go in a different direction or keep going on the open source strategy where we all were and focusing on those customers that didn't fit into a, to a cloud or a SaaS platform. Because of course, there's also a lot of customers that doesn't fit into that. Uh, there's some customers sure. that don't like uh, being on a, on a SaaS platform. And there's also some customers that have specific needs where we need to develop something 
on top of the solution that that is working better on, on an open source platform. True. I mean, I, I I I almost could guess your answer because I've seen it also that uh, a lot of agencies that have this uh, technical DNA uh, that are very focused, you know, on on back or like you know backend development yeah. and uh, that had a, a lot of experiences on magenta with many customizations and it's very hard to like see like what the hell am i going with shopify <laughs> i cannot access it yet of course it's not true you can do it with api and so on but it's uh, yeah. it's it's a kind of mindset uh when you when you decide to go with shopware not with uh not with Shopify, so a lot a lot depends on the background of the agency. Yeah. And we love customers coming to us and saying, okay, we want to sell Windows online. But when you are selling a window, you have to configure it. And there's a lot of configuration and a lot, lot of pricing logic sure. behind that. And, and, and we love tasks like that and, and coming in and helping out, scoping whole, the whole task of how to build the right configurator for, for selling Windows online. We just built one on Shopware for selling uh, garage ports, I think it's called. Uh, uh, um, where do we have to build them, put in how uh, high they should be, how wide they should be, if there should be windows in it, which kind of motor system you have behind. And building that on, on Shopify, of course you could do it, but I don't think that's the right match. Yeah, yeah, true, that's true. Uh, you know, on the other side, if you really, I believe if you really want to be competitive, you need to be able to customize the, the platform, yeah? Because otherwise, if everyone is on the same platform, uh, in some way we could say that everyone has the same products yeah uh on the market a lot of them are coming from china or you, know, you can buy them on the different platforms so if you if you want to compete you need to be able to find some factor you will use as, as a you know as, as your competitive uh, um, factor so so quite often you know the the business model the platform your ideas how to sell it better how to customize it, uh, the system is a uh, is the way to be competitive on the market and to get uh, and to get success. Of course, uh, with Shopify, it's it's doable. Yeah, if you look at where Shopify is coming, it's uh, it's more and more uh, doable. But you're right; some very deep customizations is just yeah. required to have um, uh, to have the uh, the platform. So, also, you mentioned you are like fifty six people. So, uh, how does the the Danish market looks like? Do you have any issues to find developers? Because it's a it must be a small market. Yeah. I know the developers. Something like uh, unemployed developers does not exist here. Yeah, we all know yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, but how 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 is the the, the develop the development market looks like in in Denmark? I think it's 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 quite the same as in many places. I don't know how it is in, in Poland, but at least when looking at the Danish market. And looking at the educations, when you go to the university in, in, in Denmark and starting uh, something about development, you will never study PHP. You will yeah. study .NET, Java, uh, C Sharp. Um, so getting developers coming from the university and saying, now you want to wait with PHP and that is quite hard. Uh, but again, there's also a lot of developers starting on their own and, and working a bit at home, trying to start learning to code and and they usually start out on php because it's it's easier going to to start on that so when we're trying to hire we're trying to hire a, a, as broad as possible so we want some that is uh, has a high degree in the university because they're normally better at scoping tasks and normally better at looking the whole project through and saying how should we do this uh, and then we also hire people that might all only just learn php coding from home and then uh, got hired by us and then we learned them the more basic stuff and, and put on top of that uh, 
we try to keep them as long as possible because as as I see it, it's the, the way of, of keeping a good agency in Denmark is to having the developers for more than six months. Because otherwise, if you just change them all the time, which some agencies does, because yes. they just go for salary and salary and salary, it's just really difficult to have a, a good culture in the company. So, so we, we really do a lot of effort to, to keep the developers for many years. And, and luckily, we have, we have many that have been already five years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, we could have a long discussion. Like Polish market is very also specific, but you're right. The same PHP is not the language you're learning at the university. I mean, it it used to be a language that you were making money as a, a IT student. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you if you started study, of course, you've been studying uh, whatever .NET, but uh, in the free time. Uh, you did some small tasks uh, on, on PHP for your friend or for for some you know uh, some company or something that that that's how usually people started. But you're right. We one of our best developers is the guy who was playing a violin uh, in orchestra, and he said like it's it's not uh, as good money as development. And he said I can I know how to read music. I can write music. Uh, you know. I can, uh, you know, eight hours uh, train uh, playing violin, so I will learn fast. And that's true. Like it's un- he's unbelievable. He really is moving yeah. very fast with uh, with that. And he's, he 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 just came and said, "Okay, I, I know I will do it yeah, because I'm the music and and uh, and uh, hard work you need to put into into really become a professional musician is uh, uh, is the thing that convinced me that I will I will learn development also quite quite fast." And he's unbelievable on that side very creative guy because he also has a kind of a little bit different mindset than any other any other developer so it's a kind of interesting and interesting and can, uh, story you can make some really nice uh, interesting teams with having people like that on the team uh, i think that is also what we are going for so but actually we also have quite a few musicians in in, in Lexo. i don't know if, if the music and, and coding goes together uh, but yeah we are also talking about starting a Lexo band because we have so many people that is playing or, or singing and if you would if you would start i think we can help you uh with some uh with some some guys on our side also as a, as a musicians yeah okay uh, i have a question which usually is quite a challenge for a smaller market like uh, shopware as a new platform uh, does not have a lot of you know ready connectors ready plugins oh. uh, especially if your market is uh, smaller for example in germany then you will not you will never have as many as many plugins because you don't have that many customers that many agencies so how you handle that uh, especially at the beginning because that's i think something important for shopware and all the um, other markets than germany and you start and you look around and there's like oh there's no plugin so any project becomes a little bit more expensive than the competition yeah. because you need to build the plugins even you know the basic basic ones so how was your story with uh, with uh, with solving this this problem yeah so that was actually one of the reasons we also took shopware in because when we looked at the, the plugin market or the marketplace for for, for presto shop and open cardam and others we saw that shopware actually nailed how to build a marketplace it seems like they got everything connected onto one marketplace we didn't see the same as we did on magento where all the the, the plugin manufacturers started their own little shop and selling from so it seemed like, like they nailed the whole marketplace. We could see there was nothing for, for the Danish market, but we also knew that we took in a platform that no one used in Denmark. I think we were the first, first agency that started using Shopware in Denmark, so there was nothing. But we actually saw it as a, as a business opportunity because we know that 
if we want to succeed with ShopBrand in Denmark, we want more agencies on. We are an open source minded company. So the way of getting ShopBrand integrated into Denmark and Scandinavia is to get more agencies on board. And we've been open with ShopBrand about that from the start as well. We want to help other agencies take in the platform. And by that, we saw that as a business opportunity because if we are first and we now start pushing in the money to develop all those plugins for the market, we will then own whole, the whole marketplace for the Danish market or the Scandinavian market. So we, we invested some money in developing uh, shipping uh, plugins and payment uh, providers. And, and actually, uh, one of the other things I, I like is that, that Shopware was quite open to also going into the market. So, so they helped found, uh, f f the funding for some of the plugins. They helped negotiate deals with many of the payment gateways, uh, the shipping vendors. So they paid back some money for developing the, the plugins. So they could push it also as the official plugins for, for those. So I, I think in the first half of the year, I think we covered uh, a good portion of the uh, portion of the, the, the market there. That's the, also the, the benefit of having a, a small country like Denmark. Looking at shipping, we have three vendors. Looking at payment uh, gateways, we have three or four payment gateways. And looking for the whole OMS and the whole uh, EAP integrations, we also only have maybe five to 10 different ones. And then having that to cover like 95% of the market. Well, great. I mean, yeah, true. Great, great, great that you were you were aware of this, especially with the agencies, because I think that's. Uh, I mean, we started in Poland with Shopware four years ago uh, without any support. Also considering, okay, we are the first one, so we will be the leader. Yeah. But very fast, we learned it's not the way yeah, that you need to have more agencies. Uh, even for a easy thing, yeah, the customer would ask, okay, we need three proposals just to compare, yeah? And yeah, then exactly, suddenly yeah. you are yeah. like, oh, uh, we're the only one, so we're, you're not going to get any other uh, proposal. And then the customer is like, okay, whatever. So let me let me choose any other solution because uh, it doesn't work this way. And I see the difference now when there is in Poland like uh, 12 or uh, 13 agencies, yeah? And if the customer says like, okay, but what if whatever would like to change the agency or... Uh, you know how many agencies are on the market, and if, if you show it, they feel way more comfortable with this. And it's, it's, a, it's a kind of weird situation that it's easier to win the customer if there is more competition on the market, yeah, yeah? yeah. Um, than being uh, the only one and having kind of a dominant position because it usually means that no one is going to choose this uh, this platform because the risk is too too high. It's also kind of when I'm out selling the solution, it's it's normally saying that you're choosing an open source platform, you own the code, you can take it anywhere and get someone else to develop if you don't like us or if something went wrong with us. But that's just, you can't really say that when they then ask the next question, uh, who else is developing Shopware in Denmark? And I'm saying, uh, no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then, of course, if you look at it from a business perspective, it's a huge risk. If you've got more agencies than if you have the community, it means yeah, that yeah. Uh, it's growing. Uh, there is some, you know, some, some, some development. Uh, if whatever happens, it's easy to, it will be possible to switch agency uh, or find some, some external, um, you know, some external, uh, external support. So, yeah. so how does the, this community looks in Denmark, then shopper community, how many agencies you, uh, you have there? We have uh, we are the, the, the biggest one, and then I, I know quite a few ones, smaller, uh, could be Magento agencies, but there are like three or five developers, and they also struggle with making Magento 2 solutions. They took it in now, and also one or two WooCommerce agencies are, are taking it in slowly. Um, 
I'm not seeing that many solutions live yet, but it seems like it's moving direct to fiction, but, but we're also hoping to get some of the bigger ones in. Uh, I'm talking quite often with them because I'm, I'm quite involved in the community. Uh, and and the, the, the place where we see shopware in a year or three is more going more away from the smallest uh, customers and more to the mid-market and to the, to the small enterprise market. But we can also talk about that a bit later, seeing where Shopware is positioning in the market, because I think where it is in, in Germany is, is quite different from where it would be looking in Europe. Mm -hmm. So how do you think will be, what will be the difference between Shopware in Germany, you know, as a position of Shopware, uh, as a target, the, 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 the sweet spot uh, for Germany versus sweet spot in Denmark? I, I think Shopware has a history in Germany, and that history is also they took care of all the smallest missions that was. When I'm talking with, with people down in, in Germany and Shopware, it seems like Shopware 5 ended up being a plug and play solution. You even mm -hmm. didn't need an agency, could actually just sit at home and say, oh, okay, I want to sell online. I, I download uh, Shopware 5 through FTP, I upload the files and then I'm, I'm off and then I can install a couple of plugins and then I can actually have a shop. And, and seeing the way they took with, with Shopper, which I, uh, with Shopper 6 is definitely the right direction, in my opinion, with having Composer and, and, and the way of having a more professional setup behind makes it much more difficult for, for those smallest merchants to, to actually use Shopper 6. Uh, and that's yeah. probably also why they, they started looking into the cloud solution. So, so with that in mind, I think that where, where I see the sweet spot for, for Shopper 6 is, uh, at least in Denmark and the rest of Europe, is the, the mid-sized market. Uh, I think Magento 1 is leaving a, quite a big hole there where, where Magento 2 or Adobe Commerce, if you go to, the, to, to that way, is, is a bit higher up in the market. But you don't want to go with, with WooCommerce. You don't want to go with PrestaShop or some of the other platforms that are still quite old in the way of development, they are not shifted to that from Magento 1 to Magento 2. I don't, I think we will see the same with WooCommerce, we'll see the same with Presta and OpenCart. At some point they will need to say, okay, we start over again. Might be they're already working on that, but they'd release it. And because of those platforms being there and Shopware a bit step ahead, there's like a, a huge market there where they can really uh, benefit now from, from moving fast. Mm -hmm. It's an honest question also, which I always have on my, on my mind. Uh, I know it's more like, you know, taking your uh, crystal ball and uh, do some more, you know, uh, looking into future. Uh, you're right that uh, in Germany, a lot or most of the shops are, are small shop or five uh, shops with some ready template, maybe some small agency just uh, doing a, a little work. Um, yeah. What do you think will happen with those shops? Because they still stay on shop or five. It's a really great product. Uh, it's unbelievably, you know, complete. Yeah, if you look at the ERP yeah. system support <laughs> and everything, it's everything is there. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's still hard to compare Shopper Five to Shopper Six. If you look at features, yeah, the Shopper yeah, Six. Yeah, I, 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 always, I always joked around with, with that in the beginning because the whole e-commerce market always sold Magento being the the most feature-rich e-commerce solution out there. Uh, and I also said that all the time when I was into and then, then I tried out Shopware 5 and we made a couple of projects. It's like there's literally a setting for everything you can think of. Every small thing we had over the last, last 10 years with Magento, I promise you there's a setting somewhere. It's hidden and it's called something weird, 
but it's uh, there. Uh, so Shopify can so, do almost everything. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that... one of our first pitches uh, with Shopware 5 when we just were testing it, uh, you know, against Magento with customer, just showing the customer, you know, the option of Shopware 5 and we're going through something. And then he said, and show me this in Magento. Yeah, we clicked to Magento and it was like two clicks. And he's like, and where is the rest? It's like, no, that's all <laughs> what you can have in Magento. Yeah. And we yeah. went for like ERP support and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, multi-warehouse and everything. Yeah. Uh, it was just before even MSI was uh, with Magento too. Then we switched to Magento. And yeah, this is the, uh, this is the, the, the forum where you provide the, uh, the stock level. Yeah. And yeah. what about the rest of the features? <laughs> like, it's not there. So Shopify yeah. 5 is unbelievable, but yeah, but you can imagine it's like a huge potential, uh, a lot of shops, uh, some of them are quite big, some of them during the pandemic really grew, uh, they're on a very stable platform with uh, with still a lot of options to um, to grow, I mean, yeah. if you look at the ready, ready plugins and everything else, but in some way it's a dead end, yeah, yeah we yeah, all it's know a dead that, end, but that... it's, it, I think that Shopify already announced that they will support and develop uh, Shopify 5 until 2025 uh, really did okay yeah i think the official said 2025 now so so now you're certain that they will be pushing new updates and everything so there's no like hard limit right now and i think many of those customers will stay there until just like we see with magenta one give it two or three years we'll still see magenta one solutions i uh, yep. last week i worked on a magenta 1.5 a customer came to us and we were building a shop at six for them and they asked could we use the migration engine from from, from, from shopware to from magenta one to shopware six and i said yes of course then i got the got access to the magenta and it was a magenta 1.5 jesus <laughs> so so so, the, so so if if you go 10 years in the future in the crystal ball I, i'm i'm pretty sure you'll still find shopware five solutions out there Okay, so what will happen with the Shopware 5 that needs to migrate? I mean, it's not the our case in Poland. It's not your case in Denmark. No. Uh, it's just uh, Germany. Eh? It's like a, it's like a huge, uh, huge, uh, whatever, a ticking bomb in Germany yeah. with the big sign Shopware 5. Uh, so the question is when, what, what will happen with this? So what do you think will happen? I think that, yeah, I don't know how big Shopify is, but I think at least the cloud market will take over Big chunk of chunk of those uh, big commercial Shopify, uh, maybe Shopware Cloud uh, if that ever comes to be something. Uh, but but mm -hmm. yeah, I think the cloud model will take a huge chunk of that, and and the rest will will hopefully go to Shopify six uh, or or something else in that direction. Uh, but it also requires all that all those uh, Shopify five agencies that is Shopware agencies in in Germany. Many of those I know. I talked with a few of them last time as well. They don't even consider Shopify 6 yet because there's so much work to do uh, on Shopify 5 and they have so many customers. And uh, we see a bit the same in Denmark because I talk with many of our competitors here that there's also working with Magento because for me, it's, they're uh, much as friends as their competitors. They have so much work right now also because of COVID. They, they can easily find Magento 2 projects. They can easily find work. So why even think of taking a new platform in? And I think the for my sake, it's just because I'm thinking a bit more into the future, uh, and and then I know it's a, it's a it's a hassle to take in a new platform. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money to build it up. But then we are more secure when we're looking into three or four or five years into the future. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, true. That's also a challenge if you look at uh, if you look at uh, developers' approach. Yeah, like we we finished uh, our last Magento One project two years ago, uh, yeah. uh, last migration, and still two years ago it was uh, you know uh, a penalty. Yeah? If a developer had to work for Magento One, he was like, "Why are you doing this to me?" I <laughs> yeah. any job advertisement, any new cool stuff that are happening are happening with Magento Two. I want to learn it. I want to experience it. I need this experience, and you are pushing me into some old Magento One project. So, the biggest <laughs> challenge we had not with, not with customers, but with developers, with developers, uh, yeah. yeah, especially that they seen that their colleagues are really moving forward, and uh, why they should still stick to some old old platform uh, on that side so having a best in, uh, developers on the market yeah, you also need to uh, be up to date with technology you also need yeah. to give them challenges yeah the same way we had with uh, headless solutions yeah we we really started like four years ago everyone was like why are we doing this yeah because we have very talented and very uh, ambitious developers and they need to they need to learn they need to move on they cannot stick to uh, some old technology because we will lose them yeah they will go somewhere else where they can well where they can learn it so you're right that it's a it's a very risky strategy yeah it's it's very convenient yeah you're working with old platform you know very well uh, you don't train you do it very efficient you don't make mistakes yeah yeah and they whatever quote on the, or cost uh, estimates you provide you do it very properly because you know everything yeah, yeah with new technology is like like it's not that easy <laughs> yeah it's more this is the crystal ball yeah it's like yeah. uh whatever like say some number because we will we we have to learn and we have to do it for the for the first time yeah it's it's yeah. a kind of risky risky approach but on the other hand there will fun. be a momentum when the market will wake up and this agencies will say like okay how will uh, i catch up with vexo yeah it's already too late they they went so far away they run away uh, there will be very hard to to catch up with them uh, with the current with the current shopper six because they do it for five years yeah and we yeah. spend this five years still working with some old platforms yeah as you also said that, that keeping the best developers which we like because that they're also the most fun to work with just requires that you're moving on the edge all the time and, and, and pushing the limits. Yeah, true, true. Uh, very cool. Um, so, so what do you think uh, will be the future of shopware? Uh, also on the on the on the Danish market. Uh, also looking, you know, from the perspective of Germany, that is quite close and. Uh, yeah. At least what I've seen on Polish market that um, the more activities shopware has. Also, it makes uh, the German e-commerce e um, players looking at the market. Yeah, they, if they had a strong support of the platform, uh, yeah, they can easily enter the market uh, because they see there are already plugins. There are agencies who yeah. can help them locally. Um, it's not it's not like a thing that they have to develop some whatever connection to local marketplaces, some connection to some local payments uh, or some delivery delivery methods. Uh, there. So, do you see that uh, a kind of like more interest of the German uh, German players entering the Danish market because they've got the local support for their main main platform? Yeah, if if you look at the platform market in Denmark, it's 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 very it, it's a hard market because we have some big players that develop a closed source solution uh, that is easy to going on. It's, they they were there before Shopify. They actually had a cloud. Or it's not cloud, but it's at least it's, it's a as a set SaaS platform model where you it, they're, they're selling hosting and, and 
have been selling hosting for 25 years. And then they, they built their own closed source e-commerce solution that was really easy. I think you, you paid 10 or 15 euro a month and you had a full e-commerce solution ready for the Danish market with all the integration and everything set up, a couple of templates, and then you could move on. So so everyone that, that wanted to start their own e-commerce shop, they could just go in for 10 euro a month, they could buy this, and then they could start up selling online. Uh, they have a, a, a huge chunk of the market. I think last time they reported the numbers, it was like 6,000 shops, online active shops they have. So that's that they, they take the, the, the big chunk of the smallest market. Uh, yeah. And WooCommerce and is also taking a part of that. And then in the top market, we have the big platform uh, markets like AP Server and, and Commerce Tools and Salesforce. They're all quite huge in the market and they are enterprise solutions uh, with a high license fee. And then we had a huge middle market that Magento just owned for many years. We don't see that much open car. We don't see that much Preston shop. Um, so, so Magento really owned that, that middle market and, and, and still does. Uh, and I think that if shop plays the card right, and I know they're also pushing for the Nordic market, they could take a big chunk of that market and, and actually have maybe just 15% of the market. And, and that's quite high numbers in, in Denmark as well. And, if that works in Denmark, normally we see if it works in Denmark, it also works in Sweden and Norway. And, and then you have a, a bigger market. And for Denmark, so you are like a gateway to, 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 to Nordics. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely. yeah. We, we see that both with payment and shipping and everything else that uh, I think many bigger companies using Denmark to test something off because we are easy on adapting new stuff. stuff. So it's easy market to test something off see if it works and then you can roll it out in a big scale afterwards yeah i would say that all the, all the people from uh nordics i know yeah they usually go south to germany to buy cheap alcohol yeah and then they bring <laughs> it back and they bring yeah. also some technology because they if they drive they have to go through denmark yeah i think yeah. this is the only option if i if i remember the map uh, correctly so that's uh, that's maybe true that you are in a real real gateway you know for them to to, to bring cheap alcohol from germany but also bring some 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 good good technology that is yeah. somewhere 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 in the middle but you also asked about uh, german customers going into the danish market and i think not many german customers are thinking about that but i think might be they should uh, one of the reasons is uh, that a lot of people in denmark easily shop no matter if the language is german or the language is english so normally when you're talking about going from Denmark into Germany, everyone says you need to translate everything to German because they don't speak English. You need to be as German as possible before they want to shop with you. It's different in Denmark. We, we're used to shopping on, on all kinds of different uh, languages and, and, and shops. So it's actually quite easy to penetrate the Danish market as long as you just get the shipping right. And, and we use GLS and, and, and PostNor. And, and, and if you get an integration to them, you could easily just open it up buy that DK domain, start pushing in some of the products, making an about us page on Danish, and then you're actually good to go to just slowly taking a bit of that market, uh, just being able to ship to the market. Yeah, so maybe there should be you know, an advertisement like, go to Denmark, your favorite uh, te uh, technology uh, e-commerce platform is already <laughs> there yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, with, the, uh, with, with the local support. Okay. Yeah. Um, what Especially now that, that that UK moved out of of, of EU, so, so now we can't shop on Amazon anymore. Uh, at least, yeah, true, true. Yeah, you are so close here. I don't feel it because we are a little bit far from the UK, but yeah, you are very close to to the UK. And, and so we shopped a lot on Amazon.co.uk. So so 
that definitely is also leaving a gap. And I think platformers as, as Paul have come in, in, in Holland and, and other places should also try to move in. I know Amazon tried to move into Sweden and, and if you ask Amazon, they will probably say they succeeded, but, uh, but I don't think people in Sweden or in Denmark will say that. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's always some spot, uh, some spot for that. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, what about community? Like uh, the you know the importance of community from 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 your perspective? Yeah, because uh, we know each other from Shopware United, a yeah. uh, community project. Uh, like, what is this specific thing in you or in Wexo that you get so involved in uh, in community? How do you benefit from it? From let's call it whatever free work or building the you know putting yeah. some of your energy into into some community project where everyone else is benefiting from it uh, also. Uh, how do you find it? What's, I don't want to say a word wrong, but yeah, what's, what's, what's up with you, yeah? That uh, you are, uh, you're the type of guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think one of the parts is, is just a personal thing for me. I like to be part of the community. I like to be uh, talking with people all over the world and also joining Chopper United. I also like to, to go to conferences and, and, and talk with people. I got that from, from Magento, from the community side. Uh, it's a, a really strong Magento uh, community. And and now with Shopware, I actually get even more involved, I think, because I see that Shopware is also highly involved in, and being able to talk with, with the platform vendor itself is, is quite unique for me, at least, uh, working with Magento, even though I, I, I worked with Magento so many years and, and um, been in Las Vegas with the with the with the big events every year. It's I never talked with Magento. You could talk with maybe one guy or two guys, and, and that was sort of, and then it was more like a community guys you talked with. You you never really had an entrance to to uh, to, to Magento. Uh, it's it's very different with Shopware, uh, I would say, because they're still a small company and and, and they're still owned by the the, the founders, uh, which makes them. I think more open to to just be a part of the community itself, and 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 you can call them, you can write to them. I, I know Damien mentioned that as well on on his uh, Shopran talk. It's about <laughs> making a platform, having a, a big presentation thing, uh, internationalization, and then only being able to have euro as a currency. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's not that international then. And and they listened, and they, and they, they they fixed it quite fast as well. Um, which is very nice. So that's that, that's one part of it. That's me personal. I like that. Uh, but for the company-wise as well, I, I see uh, some benefits. One thing is that I see developers that is involved in the community and those that, that actually want to, to contribute to the to the core also are more loyal. Uh, it's 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 developers that like to to work with code that likes to also see other people use their code. Uh, and I think. Those are, are some of the best developers. They don't just go to work to earn money. They actually go to work to to make a difference. Uh, not to be too cheesy, yeah. but but at least to make a difference in, in what we do every day. Yeah, true. I mean, it's unique. Uh, it's also you know around building uh, in our case unique um, culture. Yeah, uh, we are both in the same group for a shopper United uh, project called Coffee and Learn. Yeah, where yeah. our developers. Uh, uh, because we are not not competitors, yeah, we're not going to go to uh, to Danish market. It's uh, too far and it's too small. 
uh, and of course, the same is with you. Yeah, Poland is yeah. not going to probably be your first choice for the target market. Uh, you never know. So we're, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're not we're, we're not the direct competitor. So within Shopper United, yeah, we we allow our developers to exchange their experiences. Yeah, in yeah. some way, we're of course competitors, but on the other hand, we can support, help each other, and that's, that's also it's building unique uh, unique um, uh, culture. For yeah. developers, they see that they can learn, that they can share, that uh, it's uh, it's not only work and the rates that they can get, that there is someone else who can give them, uh, you know, whatever a little bit better rate, but uh, but it's everything around around uh, around the culture and some kind of cooperation, which I think is unique. Uh, I've got yeah. many friends who are in software software and. Uh, some of the software is not very much uh, does not have a lot of experiences with open source. Yeah, and they're like looking like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Why you talk to each other as a competitors? Yeah, you should fight with each other. You yeah. shouldn't talk to each other. You should compete with each other. This is how it's working. Like uh, with us, it works a little bit different. Yeah, we are working together on a, on a, uh, on a success, and that's true. Yeah, it's also a, an experience of Magento. Yeah, we we all grew up. Uh, because we we've been cooperating and uh, and working together, and we learned that it uh, it gives uh, and it brings a lot of a lot of benefit for anybody. Yeah, it's really fun because I talked with, with Patrick Friday, which I think many people also know, one of the CEO yeah. behind the Google Storefront. I talked with him this morning, and we were actually talking about this topic with with how different it is to working with with closed source or with with, uh, with other and then working with open source uh, because they are also moving now. They they got the funding and they're really moving quickly. A really great product as well, but. They are also now moving into platforms like Commerce Tools, and Salesforce, and Shopify, and, and we talked about that. How how do you build a, a team where you both are working with open source platforms like Magento and and, and, and Shopware, and on, on the same time also be able to handle agencies that are coming into Commerce Tools platform, and 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 he also laughed a bit and says that yeah, I'm building two different companies, and uh, two different teams. So, so you, you can't just take an open source minded guy and put him in into to working in in a, in a team that has to work with with agencies that are developing commerce tool solutions because it's it, it's a complete different mindset. It's complete different KPIs they are measuring on. It's it's just a different way of working. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, a, a lot depends on, on experiences. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, like uh, depend, a lot of depends on the school uh, you've attended. Uh, a lot depends on your experiences you had with your business and, uh, and the stuff you've been doing. So that's, uh, that's true. Uh, great, Martin. It was a pleasure to, to have you with me uh, yeah, with, Shopware, with Shopware Unplugged. Uh, if you like this episode, uh, please uh, share it uh, and also subscribe to get, and, uh, get the, the next one. And uh, yeah, let's be in touch. If you like this episode, please give us five stars, subscribe and stay tuned for the next one. Shopware Unplugged is proudly sponsored by Ergonaut, modern open source PIM for the digital transformation era. Ergonaut empowers teams which enrich, manage and distribute the product catalogs. Find out more at ergonaut.com. This episode is sponsored by Shopworks e-commerce, a global top 10 shopware enterprise partner. Go to shopworks.nl and challenge us to push your boundaries in e-commerce.